Welcome to Passion Life Church. Welcome to Passion Life Church this morning. We're so glad that you are joining us on this great Super Bowl Sunday. Now, before we start, I want to know who do you think is going to win today? Is it going to be the Tampa Bay Buccaneers or is it going to be the Kansas City Chiefs? I want to know. Now, listen. If you're a Dallas Cowboy fan, do not write Dallas Cowboys in the chat. They are not in the Super Bowl. I know you Cowboy fan, but I do want to say a shout out to the Pittsburgh Steelers. That's my team. But you know what? They're not in it. They didn't do what it needed to what they needed to do to take it. And so they're at home watching the Super Bowl on their couch. But it's going to be a great day. I'd like to know, write it in the chat, who you think is going to win today. You know, if you're watching us for the first time, welcome. Thanks for joining us. And we'd love to connect with you. It's simple to connect with us. Just take out your smartphone and text the word CONNECT to 951-382-5757. And we'd like to let you know about all the things that are happening and going on here at Passion Life Church. And there is a lot going on. We are going to start our in-person gatherings. I'm so excited. It's going to take place March the 7th at 10 a.m. at Vista Marietta High School right in their pavilion. They have a beautiful outside pavilion. We're going to set up a stage. We have live worship and we are going to have our first service is going to be called Hope and Healing. I'm going to be there. We're going to be taking communion. Rex Crane is going to join us. We're going to be praying for people. People need healing today. And so I want to encourage you plan on it. That means you're going to have to get out of your jammies. Come on. And you're going to have to come to church but I believe you're going to be encouraged. It's going to be an awesome time. There's such a lot of room. Love to see you. So let's get excited and let's pray and believe that God's going to do incredible things. Now, maybe you've been watching Passion Life Church and you'd like to go a little bit deeper, you'd like to hear about our vision and what the church is about, we're gonna have our growth track that we'd love for you to be a part of. And you can uh, simply text the word GROW to 951-382-5757. It's gonna be on February 21st, and that'll be at 5 p.m. And here's the great thing, it is virtual. So you can get on Zoom and you can hear about the church and pray about being a part of what God, God is doing here at Passion Life Church. Have you enjoyed this series stronger. It has been incredible. I love the testimonies that we hear. You should write us if God's doing some things in your life and this series has encouraged you. Write us. We love it. It just encourages us. But we talked about being stronger spiritually. We talked about being stronger mentally and emotionally. And before we dive into today's word, listen, I want to encourage you. Do not miss next week. Next week, we're going to be talking about being stronger relationally. Our marriages, our friendships, I believe it's really going to help you. Have you enjoyed Rex Crane? How good has he been? He's been on fire the last couple of weeks. If you have not watched last week's uh, message, you need to go back and even a couple more and, and, and here it has been incredible. And since he's just been so strong in this area, I invited him back today to talk about being stronger financially. So come on, get your heart ready, get a pen out or get your smartphone ready to take some notes and let's welcome Rex Crane today. Hi, good morning. Welcome Passion Life Church. This is Rex Crane. Hope you are feeling wonderful and you're off to a great start today. It is Super Bowl Sunday. What a great day. And uh, before you get into all the great festivities, and hopefully you'll be together with friends or family, and you'll be able just to share great conversation and people together uh, with people today. Uh, we're going to get in today to the Word of God that has the power to change and transform your life. 
I want to say big thank you to our pastor, Pastor Phil and Val, for the privilege of having a chance to be with you for a couple of weeks this uh, month to start this series. And stronger. I mean, we've been stronger. We've been stronger spiritually. Pastor Phil broke this thing off. And then it became stronger emotionally and mentally. And, you know, just taking our lives to this next level, because the Bible says it's God's intention that your life go from one dimension of glory to the next dimension of glory. He has growth on his mind for you. So today, without further ado, we're going to jump into this today. There's power in the Word of God. It transformed the way that you think, the way that you live. In fact, if God's going to change your life, he's got to change the way you think, because your breakthrough your healing or your miracle and your your breaking out of whatever confines you, it doesn't evolve out of your circumstance. That's why you hear me say sometimes, your circumstance doesn't equal your opportunity. God brings a revelation to you to change the way you think because your life today is the result of your thinking yesterday, but your life tomorrow will be the result of what you think today. Thoughts have creative power. They can open you up to so much abundance so they can shut you in and close you down. You there, that's, that's why the enemy attacks your mind so much with thoughts of insufficiency and scarcity or you never have enough. I often like to say poverty or insufficiency is never actually a circumstance. It's just a mindset. And the good news is no matter where your mind's been, you can transform the way that you think and therefore you can change your engagement. You know, in our world today, we live with so much of an entitlement mentality. I deserve this. I deserve that with a little bit of effort. I found that God never blesses what I won't do. In fact, usually people blame the devil for why they're not further along in their spiritual walk, further along financially, further along in their health and everything. But usually it's not the devil. It's usually my own lack of commitment and my own response to my ability. Let me say that again. My response to my ability. Oftentimes we want God to do for us what he wants to do with us. But I believe today as you open your heart, your mind, and you receive truth, not just somebody's truth, God's truth, God's word. It has the ability to transform, to slip you out of what life's forced you into being, to bring you into a quality of life where you experience the goodness of God. Because the scripture says that God has given you all things to enjoy. I believe God wants to release an abundance to you. To do that, we're going to have to change the way we live, not conformity to the ideals, the attitudes, the mindsets of the world, or or the house rules. I, I think I brought that back into a former uh, into a former communication talk that I had with you a couple weeks ago when God told Isaac in Genesis 26, I want you to sow seed, but I want you to do it uh, right here, not in Egypt. I don't want you to go to somewhere else. Do it in the midst of a famine right here. And Egypt is oftentimes referred to in the Bible as, you know, um, the old life. In other words, it's an old set of rules. And God says, I don't want those house of rules to determine where you go sow seed. I want to give you my word and my word will produce after it if you'll mix it with faith. Today, if you'll mix the word of God with faith, it will produce for you. I believe there's an unseen abundance that God has for you because God's intentions with your life and a relationship with you are ones of abundant life. Jesus made it so clear. Here are my intentions in a relationship with you. He said, John 10, 10, 
I came to give you a life and life more abundantly. Something that Pastor Phil teaches so often, and it's a great scripture to get inside of your mind and your heart to remind yourself, or else you can let the conditions of the world begin to talk you out of God's intentions. And he said, life more abundantly, the word abundant means, uh, it's a Greek word called parasos. It means excessive, overflowing. God's intentions for you is not to struggle, not to live in scarcity, not to just barely get by, to make it through the week, even if there's COVID, even if there's a lockdown, even if you got furloughed, his intentions have not changed. So sometimes we got to reposition ourselves because sometimes life can hit us. And today we're going to talk about how do we get stronger financially and economically? Because there is promises from the word of God, just as true as John 3, 16, that if you believe on Jesus, that you can have heaven your home because God loved you, that you can be forgiven of your sins. There are so many promises about God's willingness to do for you financially, to make you a success, to make you the head and not the tail, to make you above and not beneath, to get you out of debt, to get you into a lifestyle where you are solving problems and you're living rewarded for what you contain. Psalm 35, 27, and I pray that you'll really start to declare this over your life and get it into your mind. Read it out loud. Maybe you need to read it maybe two, three times throughout the day. Just put it out loud. That God himself takes pleasure. He gets very highly excited, and he loves it when you prosper. You won't get that inside today. That Lord gets pleasure when you prosper. If you look at the world around you, there is an abundance everywhere. There's an abundance in creation. You've been programmed for an abundance because you've been made in the image of God. Now, when I say that, people immediately think like, now does God want everybody to be rich? I think there's a difference between living rich and having riches. You know, the Bible says that when you set your money on just getting, 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 there's a challenge with that. That could be a hole in your heart where you live unfulfilled and it steals your life. Proverbs 119 says, greed steals your life. Jesus taught, uh, one guy goes, hey, Matthew, I think Luke chapter 12, he says, hey, Jesus, I want you to divide inheritance for me. I need the money. I want the money. I want the goods. And Jesus said, beware of covetousness where you have such a desire to gain that you're not rich toward God. See, God doesn't mind you having things. He just doesn't want those things to have you, to have your soul. He wants to reprioritize and show you the power of money because money is a powerful tool on this planet. And this is a time where God wants to strengthen your finances in this time so you can be a reward. God has abundance everywhere. His first covenant relationship with Abraham. He made him rich in gold, silver, and livestock. And then God came to his son Isaac, as we just said, gave him a hundred fold in a time of famine. You start to look at Joseph. God gave him a dream. He started working his skills in abundance. And like the scripture says, his gift made room for him where he was running a country. He was affluent and could be a blessing. Come on, it's going to be tough to be abundant and a blessing when you're struggling and you're scrapping by like so many people. And I'm not saying we don't go through hard times. You're looking at a guy that in life I've been able to privilege to make a lot of money. And then I've also had times where I've lost everything twice. In fact, I've had to start over twice 
financially because what gentleman that had control of my finances, he ended his life. And I felt like, why did this happen? You can sit there sometimes and reason yourself so far and in a place of depression and defeat where you forget about, wait a second, God created me to have dominion on the planet. And there's certain principles that if I'll work out, my life can grow and multiply. You start to think about what God can do and his directions and how he can multiply. He told Peter where to go get tax money. Come on. He told Peter to launch out into the deep and it was a morning time. And Peter said, this doesn't make sense because the nighttime is the natural time to fish. But when he acted on an instruction and a word from God, he found an abundance that just not just affected his life himself, but affected all the other boats that were around him and filled them up. A little boy came with a little bit of a lunch with five loaves and two fish. Jesus multiplied them and expanded them. But to do so, the number one thing that God has for you is a financial plan. And it begins with the way that you define and the way you look at money and resources. Come on. You might see yourself as a spender. You might see yourself as a worker. You might see yourself as a laborer. But God wants you to see yourself as a steward. Come on. That you've been entrusted something on this planet. In other words, you can't take it with you. You did not manufacture it. God put the wealth here. And every good thing in your life, God gives you as a level of trust. If you do that and you reverence God, he can begin to really trust you and expand you and give you principles that will allow you to increase, to multiply, and to come into a more rewarding life and lifestyle. Because remember, God takes pleasure in your prosperity. God takes pleasure pleasure in your prosperity. In fact, Deuteronomy 8 and 18, you ought to get this in. He says, remember the Lord. Come on. Remember the Lord. Not remember CNN, Fox, MSN, or remember COVID, or remember your neighbors, or remember the Instagram feed, or remember what JLo's doing, or remember what Lady Gaga's doing. Remember the Lord. Come on. Who is the Lord? The word Lord is the word Jehovah. He is Jehovah Jireh. He's your provider. Jehovah Rapha. He is the Lord that saves and heals your body. He is Jehovah Nisi. He is the one that brings you a victory when you are in trouble. He is Jehovah. Come on, somebody. Shalom. He's the God that quiets your heart, your mind, and gives you rest and peace. He is Jehovah Sitkanu. He is your righteousness not one that you attain by your good work. You got to remember the Lord for it is he that gives you the ability to make and get and produce wealth. As the scripture said, I need to remember the Lord. So there's a certain system and rules God has to make money and to make money to increase my resources and to become stronger financially. And it begins with getting a, just having getting an understanding, where am I financially? Where am I financially? Am I just always focused on getting, getting, getting? Am I a spender? Am I, am I a saver? Am I somebody that's just always working? Or do I see myself as a steward? Proverbs 22.9 is very powerful. It says that to start receiving, we must start seeing. Let me say that again. To start receiving, we must start seeing abundantly. It says a generous or abundant vision. Come on. Abundant eyes, they are blessed. 
Many of us, when we're taught growing up, well, if we could just make it through it, if we could just, you know, if we could just make enough, get, just get a job to where we can pay rent or stay where we are, if we could just get through and we were taught that having enough was not humble or was not right, don't get uh, believe the lie and the myth where you misdiagnose money, so therefore you mistreat it, that uh, money is bad. Money is not bad. It's a weapon that can send the gospel everywhere around the world. In fact, Jesus wants the gospel to go into everywhere. And if you're broke and you're his representative and you don't got enough to give, Come on, we got a challenge without getting his mission into the world. He wants you to be blessed. He just says the love of money or the lust of it or the covetousness of it, that becomes a root of all evil that taints and can really drown out your faith. We've seen that happen with a lot of people. But the silver, the gold, the wealth, Haggai says, the prophet in the Bible, he says it belongs to the Lord. I believe God wants it in your hands. If God has to explain, um, you know, who makes, who decides your wealth. Well, many people will say, well, that, that's the Lord. If he does, if, that, if that's true, then I think he'd have to under, we'd have to understand from him, he'd have to explain why the mafia, why the porn company has more money than the missionary. Maybe it's that we're not mixing his word with faith and we've been slack in the area of finances because either we don't have understanding and as God says, my people get destroyed for lack of knowledge. And hopefully that's not going to be the chase anymore because the truth, the, the, the truth can set you free today. Come on. And it can break you out of a financial place. And I know I want to say this to you as a man of God that I believe like Psalm 31 says, sometimes when you're in trouble, as David said, the grief of what you've been through financially, it can begin to weaken your eye and your vision where you don't see abundance anymore. You're trying to just get by. You're just trying to get through. And if we're not careful, that mentality that might have been just for a season begins to get settled inside of us where it begins to situate us where we stop expecting much. We stop looking for much. We stop having generosity be a part of our strategy. And therefore we sabotage our ability and we tie and confine God's hands because God knows, God knows that when we are trusting him and we are using what he has, he has a way to multiply the seeds we sow, not just financially, with your time, with your energy, with your love. You're a walking storehouse of seeds. And if you sow little, you reap little. If you sow much, you reap much. I wish I would have been taught this psychology because many of us were taught of, I'm just going to do a little. I'm just going to do a little. And we look for much and we were disappointed because we gave a little or we invested a little and we didn't, and we wanted much and much did not arrive. Could the degree be in just a change of our minds that the degree that we reap is dependent upon how much we're willing to sow and willing to invest? That's why Jesus said, don't worry about clothing. Don't worry about food. That's what the world, that system, come on, their ideals, their attitudes all after. Be transformed by the renewing of mind. Seek first the kingdom of God. Seek first the expansion, God's way of doing things and being right. Then all these things shall be added unto you. If you, uh, sometimes I've talked about this, things are riches, right? Riches are what you have and wealth is who you are. If you understand though God's way of doing things and you mix it with faith, things begin to radically change in your favor. You can reject, reject God's idea of abundance or you can receive it and you can work through it. To do that, you must understand something. When Jesus redeemed you, the word redeem is to buy you back by a ransom of his shed blood. Remember, you did nothing to do anything 
to receive this great salvation other than say yes. But the Bible says in Galatians 3.13, Christ has redeemed you with his blood from the curse. Well, let's look at a curse. What is the curse? Deuteronomy 28. It talks about the curse of sin. Jesus became sin who knew no sin, so you might be made righteous. You need to declare that. I am the righteousness of God. Then Jesus became sick with your sicknesses, not his own. He bore away those sicknesses, those 39 lashings on his body, which the scripture says his body was so marred beyond the recognition of a human being. That body was mutilated so that you can be healed. I want to get that inside you that no matter the affliction, no matter the illness, no matter what's going on, there is a covenant it because Jesus has paid the price for you. But here's an area where we've not really been taught or we were taught with some type of a gimmick. That Jesus was made poor, 2 Corinthians 8, 9 says, so that you through his poverty can have the abundance. Oh, come on. That through his poverty, you can have abundance. He became a curse so you can walk in the blessing. Well, to, how, how do I get there, Rex? How do I get there? Well, 3 John says this, verse 2, that God wants you to prosper and be in health as your soul prospers. That's your mind. That's why we talked about transforming the way we think about money. I wrote this down. What do you think money would say in our life if it could talk? Would it say, uh, would money say, you know, I'm depressed, I'm sad, I'm tired of people <laughs> abusing me, using me for all the wrong purposes. Come on, all the wrong ways. They fight over me. They steal from me. They commit crimes over me. They lie to me. Come on, I get blamed for most divorces. Think about that. I'm tired of fighting for greed. I wrote in my notes here and getting blamed all the time. I'm wasted. I'm hoarded. They act as if I'm God, but I'm not. I wish people understood how much good they could do if they understood my value, that I am a resource and a tool in their hand rather than something to fight and hoard. If they treated me right, I could bless their lives rather than destroy their life. Money makes a great servant, but a bad, come on, master. So I propose to you, number one, this. You gotta know the state you are in financially. Proverbs 27, 23, I'm going to read it. It says, be diligent to know the state or the condition of your flocks and attend to your herds. I want to challenge you right now to take responsibility for your finances, to take ownership of your finances. It's amazing to me that so many people don't because they either don't understand what to do, they don't understand, they don't want to because it's a source of pain, but you get the pain of staying the same, the pain of bondage, or you can have the pain of progress. I don't know about you, I'd rather discipline myself where that pain became power and work for me because anybody I know who's done something good on the economic side. They had to change their psychology and they had to become more disciplined. And when I say discipline, I'm not trying to get you to cut up your credit cards and go just crazy on it. I'm talking about creating a plan, but I got to know where I am. You know, the first Adam and Eve, God came to him and goes, where are you? I God, I believe, wants to know, do you know where you are economically? Do you know where you are? Do you know the assets do you have? Do you know where your bills that you pay? Do you know where you're going? Are you, are you giving 10% as a, as a tie to God? Because if not, the Bible says you live under a curse, even though you're a blessed person. Your finances are, are, have access to the enemy where he can rob and destroy your life. 
Where am I financially? And then I got to be able to have a vision for where I want to go. Number one, you got to tell yourself the truth. This is where I am. It kills us when we don't tell ourselves the truth because the Bible says God desires the truth. This is where I am financially. And I've had to do that with times where it's been easy and times it's been really, really hard where you want to turn your eyes away. Like Psalm 31 says, the grief and the pain of where you are, it just diminishes and it weakens. And man, I, it's easy to lose a vision for what I can have because you, what I can have because you're focused on what you have. We'll always remember your miracle and breakthrough are not on something that you've lost or something. It's always something that you have left. There's always something in your hand that God can multiply. There's always something in your hand that God can multiply and transform for you on a financial side. But God wants you to get a vision in there that, hey, number one, abundance should be in my future. You got to put up pictures for the kind of life you want to live. Why? Because you need to make your atmosphere worthy of your attention. You can put a pink wall up where there's uh, weightlifters and they'll do something. They drop two thirds of their ability to lift weights all because of looking at a pink wall because it reminds them of their mother of their grandmother, that atmosphere changes. God wants to get abundance in your eyes. He wants you to have an idea. Remember God said to the children of Israel, it wasn't him that held them back. It says their own vision of themselves held them back. Maybe you thought, well, I'm not educated enough. I'm not smart enough. I don't have this degree. I don't have that skill set. God has given you a skill and a gift that the Bible says he will make room for you if you will give yourself to it. Not date it, not flirt with it, but if you will give yourself to it, it will make room, it will make space because there's a problem that God has anointed you to solve. There is a hurt you've been empowered to heal and God has intended that you would live rewarded for what you contain, rewarded for the problems you solve. Because think about it, you're known by the problems you create or the problems you solve. God wants you to solve greater problems. He can give you the ability to do it. He doesn't do it for you. He gives you the ability to create the wealth, to create the ability, to create the increase. Watch how powerful this is. So God wants you to have a vision of it. You gotta have an atmosphere in your mind going, wait a minute. Poverty is a result of the curse. It's the absence of the blessing of God. So if I'm experiencing that right now, I don't, need, don't condemn yourself. There's no condemnation. I need to reposition and say, wait a second. What do I have? Inventory. I want to inventory my seeds, not my needs. Because the Bible says, watch, that if you take a seed in 2 Corinthians 9 and you sow it, God will take that seed and he'll multiply it. That is a promise from the word of God. It's not a Christian TV thing where there's some gimmick tied to it. Maybe somebody did it wrong to you in the past. I'm telling you from someone that's gone through blessings and challenges, that's applied this word and seen it work when it's been easy and when it's been challenging. It says in 2 Corinthians 9, verse 6, it says, He who sows sparingly will reap sparingly, but he who sows bountifully or generously will reap generously. Let each one give as he purposes. We say that doesn't seem right. The world says I should hold on to everything I have. I should just, you know, try to just create a little bit of comfort. God's ideas is very different system from the world. The Bible says if you're rich, you're to be rich in good works and sowing into the kingdom. Why don't you sow into something that Jesus is building? Become a partner. He's building his church and the gates of hell will not 
prevail against it. And let me tell you something, when you partner with God and you're invested in what he is building, something transforms from on because what you invest in multiplies back. He says it will push down, running over, will flow into your life. I want to tell you something. The greatest investment I've ever made has been to become a partner with God through my giving, through my work, and not viewing my work as I have to do this. Work is a gift from God. There's 564 times in the scriptures where God references work. He talks about being slack. If you have a slack hand, don't live and work unto the eye service of man. You should never live for the, you know, the paycheck from your employer. It's a mentality that will sabotage you. Or your, your employers that are responsible for your promotion and increase. Let me tell you something. The Bible says don't do it in your work and your energy with eye service unto men. Do it unto the Lord. Work at it heartily. Do it with your heart unto God. Even Solomon, the king, the wisest said, he says, work is a gift from God. He wants you to enjoy it, to enjoy it. That's just that mean like the work's going to make you happy. You got to have a mindset. I'm working unto God today. And when you do that, something's going to happen. You'll start taking charge of the way that you work, your energy level. You come on your outputs. In fact, let me just help you real quickly because I was working with a couple of fortune companies this week and 500 companies and just some people that were talking about this idea of living with an atmosphere or an expectation or a mentality. I'm going to be excellent versus imperfect. A lot of times you go, well, this isn't perfect. My finances aren't perfect. My health is not perfect. My body's not perfect. My relationships are not perfect. My kids are not perfect. Therefore, well, you know, if God wants to do it, he's just going to have to do it. No, 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 no. God wants you to have a miracle mentality, but part of that miracle is you're going to work the miracle. The gift in the Bible is the working of miracles. God wants you to work a process of where you're sowing, you're investing, and you have a mentality that he's able to speed up that process and produce miracles in and through your life to do unusual miracles through your hands, as the scripture said. To do that, what if you began to adopt the idea, I'm an excellent person. I'm excellent with money. I'm excellent in my relationship. I'm excellent when I go to work. And you held yourself to a standard of excellence. When you say excellent, immediately somebody puts their shoulders back. Immediately they smile. Immediately they're more intent on what they're going to give themselves to do. And I like to say just for today, I am going to be excellent. Now, I can't be excellent tomorrow, and thank God Jesus told us to pray, not for tomorrow's bread, but our daily bread. I can be excellent right now. I can be excellent. And if I do that, something's going to happen. I'm going to change the atmosphere and the state that I show up in my relationships, my work, my work ethic, my work outputs, my energy, my focus. And if I do it unto God, the Bible says promotion doesn't come from man. Stop looking for your boss or somebody else to notice you and you do it unto God. He'll cause the right Boaz, come on, to see you working and he will favorably begin to release increase in your life. I feel like I'm giving a word for somebody. You're ready to quit. You thought, man, God doesn't care about it. He's just, you know, I'm just barely struggling to survive. No, 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 no. The Bible says that God takes pleasure in your prosperity. He wants to increase you on a financial side. I remember in a time of struggle in my own life and I didn't feel like I I didn't have much to give, but I gave a little bit what I could financially. And then on, on top of my tithe, and then I started sowing generously into people. One time I, I walked by a woman, I was a, there was a lot of famous ministers in a big, big facility. And I saw a woman struggling over there. And I walked over to her and I said, hey, are you okay? You seem like you're just going through a tough time. I said, it's none of my business, but I just want to let you know I care. We sat down, we talked, and never even gave her my name. 
And, you know, she just looked like she wasn't doing well. Even financially, she just looked like everything, her appearance, everything just not look well. Well, I left and think anything about it. She said at the end, thank you so very much. Well, about a week and a half later, I was actually getting ready at that time to uh, get married. And I, this is many, many years ago. It was back in uh, 1999. And something happened. I was struggling. I was a pastor at a, a small church. I didn't, they didn't pay me all the time. Really, really struggling. And then that same week, I went home to my home. And when I got to my home, there was a $96,000 convertible Jaguar sitting in my driveway with a $20,000 check. It's a true story. And I was freaked out. I was like, what in the world? Somebody got the wrong person. And when I found out that woman that I stopped and helped and we began to live generously and abundant with right there, I, she was the heir of carnation and she was worth hundreds of millions of dollars. And she found out where I lived, who I, my name was and everything else. And she wanted to set out. She said, thank you. You never know what that little bit of a time meant. What am I saying? You're a rich storehouse of seeds today. And when you sow a seed, something can happen. Abraham said to the angels that came, I think in Genesis 18, I want to make you an offering. They say, we can't go nowhere until you go ahead and do that offering. God stayed right there and revealed they're going to have a son in the next 12 months. I believe when you begin to sow, you keep God's attention. Same thing happened for Samson. When Samson, when the Samson's parents said, hey, we want you to keep you right here. We're going to give an offering. And they said, we can't go nowhere until he gave an offering. Same thing for Gideon. And the Bible says God did a wondrous thing. I believe you're at a time in your life where you need to take back control of your finances, ownership, and say, I'm going to be excellent with my finances. I'm going to get a vision for an abundance. I'm going to believe God, and I am going to begin to sow. I'm going to begin to sow my life away. I'm going to sow my time, my energy, my resources, and I'm going to look for ways to solve great problems. Ask God, God, empower me, anoint me, give me skill, give me wisdom to solve bigger problems. I ask them all the time, well, we don't like problems. Well, what you're saying is you don't want to probably increase a lot because let me tell you something, your, your rewards are usually determined by the problems you solve. And I believe that you can tap into the wisdom of God, the skill of God, whether you're a mechanic, you can go from working at a mechanic shop to running your own place, to be able to foster out mechanics to come to people's homes, to create your own business. Come on. If you're, if you're at home, you create a home-based business that, by the way, is the biggest type of business other than oil, you could probably get in or Amazon right now because it's about a $10 billion, billion industry around the world. Having a home-based business and being able to write off 17% of your income just by having a home-based business, whatever kind of products or whatever kind of a company you want to simulate and associate with. But God wants you to prosper and to be in health. I want to get this inside you. It's not God's will that you just survive and just go from week to week, just struggling, struggling, struggling. I want to challenge you. It's his power. He's ready to empower you, to put power into you financially that you can multiply. He won't bless what you won't do. A lazy person, Proverbs 6 says, like an ant, come on, they just keep getting nothing in their life. There's no reward for the desire they have. Take that desire, come on, let's turn it from an intention into an inception. Come on, let's transform the way we live. The hand of the diligent shall be made rich. Let's change why we're doing it. I'm going to do it unto God. I'm going to do it unto the Lord. When you do that, God, help me to show up with joy. Help me to show up with energy. Give me favor. And the Bible says, God will favor your efforts. You're anointed to prosper on this planet. And God says, 
freely you've received, freely give. I want to challenge you today, and I, I'm, this wasn't even part of my real thought process, but in the moment here, I want to challenge you to let generosity be a part of your strategy. I want everyone to get a seed in their hand, some type of a financial seed. Get a financial seed in your hand. He says, what do you have in your hand? He asked that woman who was a, uh, a woman in 2 Kings chapter 4 and also 1 Kings 17, Elisha, then Elijah, they asked in times of famine and people were in need, what do you have in your house? What do you have? They go, oh, we just have a little bit of oil. He said, make some room. Go gather a bunch of containers. Don't gather a few. Come on. This isn't the time to make small plans because let me tell you something. When things are down on the economic side, outside, let me tell you something. There's a change in the atmosphere. There's a change in economies. And right now there's a change in the economy. If you notice 60% of Fortune 500 companies, when the big got small, the small get, come on, small. When the big gets small, the small have a chance to go big. And right now is an opportunity for you on the financial side. I believe God is asking us to release a new seed today. And I want you to become generous and think about it. You know, guide your mind in the way. I'm going to give as you purpose, not because someone's compelling you to do it, but you want to give unto the Lord. Don't give unto the church. No, you're giving unto God. You're bringing food into a storehouse. Here at Passion Life, people are getting healed. People are getting breakthroughs in their relationships. Marriages are staying together. They're coming back together. People are falling in love. Our kids are getting delivered and set free from the works of the darkness. You're investing in something that God is building. You become a co-laborer and a builder with him. And something happens when you invest in him. Two are walking together. His abundance is about to spill upon you. Come on. Don't stay out of position. Start making some big plans, some big containers. You say, I'm in a small place. Come on. Prosper right where you're planted because God takes pleasure in the prosperity of your life. I want you today to do this. Uh, maybe you've never done it before. I want you to think about, God, I'm going to sow this unto you. I'm going to change my attitude about money. I'm going to change my attitude. I'm not going to believe the lie that, you know, money doesn't really matter. Or money won't corrupt. I'm, I'm going to believe that lie that, like, you know, I'm not going to believe those lies that, you know, you don't want me to have money. You don't want me to be blessed financially. No, no, I'm going to take charge of my financial statement. Your financial statement says a lot about you. It says a lot what you value. It shows you exactly what you value. It's not in your intentions, it's in your actions. Come on, faith is revealed not in your intentions, but your actions. Your actions are the proof. Does your actions of giving reveal that God is priority? That's something I gotta ask myself. That's something you gotta ask yourself. If not, what am I putting before him? Am I rich toward him? Or do I just kind of give him a tip here and there? Let me tell you something. I want to live in a relationship with what God's building, what he's investing in. I want to invest in it because you're not just laying up for treasure here on earth. You're laying up for a treasure for the days to come. As I was talking with Jay-Z's manager the other day in a business conversation, she says, we need to start thinking from a God's eye view generationally. What you sow today, no matter where you start, God begins to multiply, not just now, but in your future. Come on. A seed, when it leaves your hand, never leaves your life. It's multiplied in your future. Something in your hand, when it leaves today, something's going to leave God's hand toward you. He's ready to multiply that seed and increase the fruit of your righteousness. I want you to give today. And as you give, gather your family around. Let's worship. Say, Jesus, all that I have is from you. All my goodness is from you. The 10%, 
This is a way to worship and honor. Let it be a moment of worship. Let it be a time of you and your family saying, thank you, Lord. He says he will, not he might, not if you you do enough. I will rebuke the devourer. You say, well, that's out of the Old Testament. No, it's not. Abraham, he gave a tenth to Melchizedek, which is a form of Christ in the old, before the Old Testament. And it says he gave a tenth and he began blessed in gold, livestock, come on, and silver. I believe that when you bring your tithe, that God will rebuke the devourer. I don't know where you needed to rebuke it today. Maybe it's over somebody, your sickness, your health, over your life. I believe that when you release something in hand, there's something below right now you can text in and you can send an offering. You can send your tithe. And as you do, release faith, not toward a man or ministry, release it toward God. And as you do in this fertile soil, it will be multiplied back to you. Many of you, debts will be canceled. I had a word of knowledge for someone too, uh, not too long ago, about two months ago in the middle of a meeting. And I said, and I told them the person's name that came to me. And I said, as you sow, things are going to happen. God's going to pay off your debt, your school debt. Sure enough, about $100,000. We got a message this past uh, Thursday, Thursday morning, that their debt was completely paid off. I believe God's ready to cancel your debt, multiply the seeds you sow, and bring you into a rich, abundant, fertile place because God gets glory out of you prospering. You're his kid. Come on. He doesn't call you to a spirit of bondage, but a spirit of liberty. And you know, if you say, hey, Rex, I'm hurting in my body, I'm going to believe God. Hey, Father, Hey, right now, I pray your healing presence would flow into their body. I rebuke sickness, disease. I rebuke evil spirits that would want to afflict and torment spirits of depression. I command you to leave these people and loose my brother, loose my sister. I command every tormenting spirit to go from your life right now. And Lord, I pray that as they sow today, that Lord, poverty would be broken off their mentality and off their house. And that God, that you'd open the windows of heaven, you'd bring them promotion. I pray for favor with man to be released, that you would increase the fruit of their righteousness, you would increase their income, that expenses would decrease and income would increase. And I pray for favorable settlements and inheritances, and you would shut the door on the devil financially. And I pray that, Father, right now, that, Lord, you would open the windows of heaven over their life. And I pray, bring them into a greater place of prominence, of transition and transaction. I pray in the name of Jesus and bring more multiple streams of income. And I pray that we would own stuff this year. Thank you for an excellent spirit being released and a spirit of abundance that will get into our vision to give us our future. I thank you for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Hey, I want you to write in today. Tell us how this has blessed your life. Thank you for the privilege. Can't wait for March 7th. Be looking out. We are going to be live together. A powerful healing service, a miracle service. You want to be there. Make sure you tune in. Thank you for the privilege. Have a wonderful day. God bless you. Bye-bye.